<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, folks, stand by for Jody and T-Rex. But first, here's a brief word about home title lock. Deborah's home was stolen. I don't mean thieves stole stuff. I mean, scammers literally stole her home. The FBI calls home title theft one of the fastest growing white collar crimes. This story is why you need home title lock. Deborah says criminals found the title to her home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming that they owned it. It gets so much worse. Deborah also says she was evicted from her own home and 85 grand in equity was gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily. Folks, this is why you need to get home title lock because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. First things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and don't know it. Then sign up to help protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. And to get you started, I got you 60 risk-free days of protection. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. She ran out of the building and a street sweeper ran over her foot and severed her pinky toe. (laughs) That's unbelievable. Yeah, then after the ambulance left, I found the toe. So I put it in a Cracker Jack box, filled it with ice, and took off for the hospital. You ran? No, I jumped on the bus. I told the driver, I got a toe here, buddy. Step on it. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. Then, all of a sudden, this guy pulls out a gun. Well, I knew any delay's gonna cost her her pinky toe. So I got out of the seat and I started walking towards him. He says, where do you think you're going, Cracker Jack? I says, well, I got a little prize for you, buddy. Knocked him out cold. How could you do that? Yeah, then everybody is screaming because the driver, he's passed out because of all the commotion. The bus is out of control. So I grab him by the collar. I take him out of the seat. I get behind the wheel. Now I'm driving the bus. Batman. Yeah, yeah, I am Batman. <laughs> then the mugger, he comes to and he starts choking me. So I'm fighting him off with one hand and I kept driving the bus with the other, you know. Then I managed to open up the door and I kicked him out the door, you know, with my foot, you know, at the next stop. You kept making all the stops? <laughs> well, people kept ringing the bell. Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The Bob Seska Show. You know, the uh, genius who wrote that scene right there 
He returns to the podcast next week, Wednesday, 226. The great Larry Charles is going to be here, and I can't wait. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, February 20, 2020. And this is the Bob Zeska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, the greatest soap ever. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 1,127 of the Trump crisis, 257 days until the 2020 presidential election. And they're all here, so let's bring them in, the Goth Ninja! <laughs> it is Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, from-the-bunker.com, also at sexyliberal.com, and T-Rex David Ferguson from the T-Rex Report podcast, patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report. You would not believe how many uh, emails and DMs and all kinds of <laughs> comments and messages I got uh, after we post last Thursday's show going, oh my God, where's David? Where's David? <laughs> and then like someone right away just blurted, oh, he, I'm so glad he's okay. And I said, spoilers, spoiler warning. You're not supposed to reveal the drama before you actually hear it. You know, that's I thought that I'm was the rule on the Internet, right? So glad you guys are having fun at mine. <laughs> <laughs> and you're using my actual possible death as a, like, you know, ratings booster. Right. <laughs> well, it's well, all about the suspense. See, possible. He never got out of the cock-a-doodie <laughs> bed. <laughs> you want that amnesia? That's right. Oh, man. Well, you know, of course, as I said on the show last week, I was so immensely relieved that you yes. were okay and that it was we just a, a bizarre freak melatonin overdose and not something <laughs> worse. I'm never taking it again. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't take it again because it seems like, man, it a good 12 hours. Oh, it works. <laughs> good 12 hours of sleep would do us all well, I think, especially after what we've been witnessing for the past uh, 24 hours or so. My God. Oh, my God. Is, is it true that Elizabeth Warren broke a man's arm on stage last night? Did I hear <laughs> yes, that right? Yes, she did. Yeah, that is very true. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. You know that thing yep. they say about Wookiees where Wookiees can rip a guy's arm out? That's exactly what Elizabeth Warren did last night. Um, it was quite an event that the Democratic debate yeah. last night, I would say the best analogy, and everyone was posting their favorite gifts to kind of illustrate last night what that debate was like, and the gang up on Michael Bloomberg was, mm-hmm. to me, it was like that scene in Office Space where they destroy the printer. It was <laughs> everyone just taking their shots with malice, and you know, this faker, this guy thinks he can buy his way into the campaign. Mm-hmm. We've been out here campaigning since 2004. That's how long this Basically. primary seems mm-hmm. to have been going on. And then suddenly this guy comes in with his billions and is able to buy his way into this level of prestige in the process. And, you know, really. It's like Steve Buscemi and like, hello, fellow kids, you know, <laughs> in the skateboarder outfit, you know, like, yeah. Hello, Democrats. I'm here to promote our progressive ideals. It's like, um, you're the stop and frisk guy. That's we, right. We, we right. see the strings, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. We can remember more than 15 minutes ago, unlike people who watch Fox News. As I've been saying all along, we, we don't want to necessarily nominate a candidate who takes uh, uh, things that we can say about Donald Trump. We don't want a candidate 
who takes those weapons out of our hands. And if right. Mike Bloomberg has all of these horrible things, we've got racism, we got transphobia, we've got uh, misogyny, remarks about uh, lesbians, my God. I know. And, and obviously some policies in there to back up those ideas. Man, that makes it difficult to go after Donald Trump. It's like with Joe Biden's gaffes. You know, Joe Biden makes these gaffes. This is something I've been talking. This is not new. Joe Biden supporters, I'm sorry. I've been saying this since long before Joe Biden got in the race. The fact that if Joe Biden gets in the race, the thing that you're going to have to say as a Joe Biden supporter more than anything else is, well, what Joe meant to say was, and that is kind of the same thing. If Joe Biden is out there saying dumb shit all the time, then how do we comment on Donald Trump's dumb shit? You know what I mean? How are we able to, you know, be intellectually honest with that kind of attack against Donald Trump if our own guy, if our own nominee is doing that? And so that's my one of my primary gripes with, with Mike Bloomberg. And I do think there's a lot to be said for the fact that he is kind of buying his way in. It's like the new kid in school oh, who goes around and buys all of his friends. You know what I mean? Remember, we all we all remember kids like that in grade school who just suddenly wander into a recess, being the new kid in school, just handing out five dollar bills to people or whatever, something out of his lunchbox. Oh, look, I'm going to buy all my friends, and everyone's going. Now, wait a minute there, new guy. Where did you go to school? <laughs> I, was, I, was, I went to school in the dirty South. I mean, kids were like lucky if they got a possum in their lunchbox. I mean, you know, <laughs> That's right, I forgot. Um, I could just see. Yeah, I'm from down there in Incestor Holler. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, I, I'm just imagining the children of dirt farmers dressed in like Depression era Dust Bowl garments and. It's just like the little rascals. It's, that's an, exactly what I'm imagining <laughs> in your school, right? Stirring a generous dose of deliverance, and you're there. Yeah, pu- putting um, together the He-Man Woman Haters Club, all of that. Right. That's just—I don't know why I envision that for Southern schools, but um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I I'm will allowed to make these jokes. Yes. I will absolutely say that Elizabeth Warren maybe had her best night of the campaign last night. She did. If her goal going into that debate was to reinvigorate her campaign after a couple of tough losses, she may have done it. I mean, I haven't seen the she polls did. yet. Uh, she raised $2.8 million overnight to Bernie Sanders 2.7. Oh, nice. That's, that's pretty damn good. I, I feel like she's going to, I don't know, I'm not going to predict anything because I'm terrible at predictions, but I've always just kind of felt, I don't know, maybe she is the one. I, it just... Yeah, well, I, you know, again, any of those people, I mean, at one point I was looking at the, the panel, and, and apart from Mike Bloomberg, who I think has completely disqualified himself for numerous reasons, I think any of the rest of them uh, Like being a form. Republican? Well, <laughs> I mean, that, that's part of I mean, it. a billionaire, and yeah, everything that's wrong with the country, and one man, go yeah. home, little man, and go home. Well, go you know, I, I will say this about Mike <laughs> Bloomberg. The fact that he is a billionaire shouldn't necessarily disqualify himself because it's all it's all about what you do with that money. I mean, eliminating yeah. rich people from politics, we're going to end up but, with a lot of crickets chirping. Yeah, it's like Fran Lebowitz said though: yeah. people, nobody earns a hundred million dollars a year. You steal a hundred million dollars a year. Right, someone right. is getting shafted along the line, and so I just kind of well, we blame the tax law for that, and that yeah. that boils. 
goes down to how Reagan started all of that, and yeah. and and the Republicans in general, Democrats have supported it too, but Republicans in general, Cowta- and then Citizens United and Buckley mm-hmm. and all those other cases where you can literally buy politicians yeah. now. The yeah. people that are awful billionaires will buy the politicians so that the tax law is it. Like people get upset with Jeff Bezos. Who's doing something for climate change? I just saw on mm-hmm. Twitter, by the way, which is really good. Like ten yeah. billion dollars he's donating. But you look at him and you go, "Well, Amazon didn't pay any taxes. Don't blame him. He's just taking advantage of the law." Yeah, I mean, again, though, with Mike Bloomberg, what we saw last night is a man who seems entitled by his money. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And that's why I think the billionaire aspect of the Mike Bloomberg thing is much less uh, appealing. He acts mm-hmm. like he can just come in and phone in the debate, figuring, right. you know what, it doesn't even matter because more people are going to see my ads than who will ever watch this debate tonight. So ultimately what it comes down to is, as long as I keep pumping money into this thing, I can keep this campaign alive. But I don't think, I think that was a miscalculation. I think he I failed agree. last night. I think people are going, well, that's it for Mike Bloomberg. Goodbye. Well, I kind of th- wish I'd seen it now. I, my, I, I was down the hall folding laundry, listening to my husband's commentary. Yeah. Well, okay. So, the thing, the thing with but, uh, sorry, but the thing with Bloomberg is he's not in the general yet. Right. Mm. Yeah. If this was between him and Trump, it would have been a different story. Plus, he hasn't been on a debate stage in eleven years, so That's he true. was not prepared. No, absolutely not. And the other thing is, is he sounded last night like a guy who's never once been called on the carpet or challenged in front of other people. And that's, again, we talk about, and I think we've talked about this a number of times on the show, we talked about the CEO mentality, which is this emotional separation from the actual work. And when Mike Bloomberg last night was attacked from all sides again like that scene from office space like mike bloomberg was the the shitty shitty printer in the middle of the lawn being hammered by everybody uh he did not act very well in the face of all of that he acted like a petulant a-hole who i mean we saw this with george w bush for eight fucking years Uh i'm sure donald trump is far far worse than that too worse than bush i don't know where trump lands on the spectrum uh in relationship to uh, mike bloomberg as far as acting like a petulant asshole but mike bloomberg didn't separate himself too much from donald trump and i think elizabeth warren did a nice job of connecting those two in a way like oh yeah there's this guy and he said these awful things horse-faced lesbian and all those things that's not donald trump that's mike bloomberg let's say hello to mike bloomberg everybody <laughs> you <laughs> this is what was getting called down the hall to me i mean ben was like he practically showed up and like dressed like richie rich uh-huh. you know with like mm-hmm. people running around behind him with dust pans and you know little whisk brooms and <laughs> hand sanitizer for him you know and then elizabeth warren was just like speared him like a martini olive like welcome to the party asshole did you guys see that guy that one guy in bloomberg's entourage who looks like hans gruber from die hard he looks like oh my god we talk a lot about especially now with roger stone donald trump and this rogues gallery of fixers and henchmen we talk a lot about Batman villains, but there was a guy who looked like he was torn directly from a 1980s like action movie. Like he was the head of this group of European terrorists who were trying to steal a, <laughs> a vault full of bearer bonds. You know, it's just like the right. beard, and he was wearing I don't even know. Well, he he was wearing an earpiece and he was wearing 
a black turtleneck with a sport coat over top of it. And that is, to me, like the quintessential look for like an evil super. It looks at some of the scenes on stage at the end of that debate as the uh, cable news commentary was getting underway. You know, that last part where they're all shaking hands. You can see the guy in the background wandering around. He's part of Bloomberg's entourage. Didn't, didn't I, help. I see his black turtleneck under a sport coat and immediately think, casino is closed, go away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, right, right. By the uh, way, I, we are going to get to Roger Stone here in a second, so stand by. I don't want to get the okay. get too far ahead of ourselves here, but I want to talk about Warren and this <laughs> this thing that's going around. And, and you guys know how I feel about uh, Never Trumpers. I tend to give mm-hmm. them uh, a little bit of latitude. They've been saying, and some other people have been uh, criticizing Elizabeth Warren for something that I just don't understand. There is this thing going around that Elizabeth Warren ha- is mean and yelling mm-hmm. and nasty i don't get that at all i mean i don't see, see that i don't like see us, that at all we move in a bubble of privilege in terms of like there are a whole lot of americans who think that anytime a woman raises her voice at mm. all against a man she has like shrieked and like started waving a torch or something you yeah. know it's they really expect like women need you saw it when um what's his face it was the old chief of staff in the white house kelly when he was trying to dress down that congresswoman uh-huh. uh from florida and it was like you know she was the cleaning lady yeah and he had uh-huh. you know i mean that, that's this is how they see you know and so when you know elizabeth warren raises her voice and speaks declaratively and doesn't ask for a man's permission to have opinions, mm-hmm. you know, and, and bring her voice up at the end of every sentence as if she's mm-hmm. asking for approval. Mm-hmm. You know, it like she's, you know, terrifying some people because she's not submissive. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, that's where that's coming from. And it's obnoxious. And uh, I bet I know which candidate's fans are fanning the flames on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Well, here's the thing. I mean... When I think of Elizabeth Warren, the first two words that pop into my head are, gosh golly, because she she just seems like that Midwestern temperament, like, gosh golly, I'm going to tax (laughs) the rich people, but there's no yelling there. Is it her eyebrow? I don't know what it is with this attack, but it's (laughs) confound. I mean, there's a lot of things that I see on Twitter. I can kind of look at it objectively and say... Well, you know what? I could kind of see some justification for that argument. I don't agree with that argument, but I see where they're coming from. This, uh, it's completely foreign to me. I don't know what the hell they're talking about with this mean, nasty Elizabeth Warren meme that's going around. I will say this about last night's debate. If you were to time out the amount of airtime, the amount of screen time that the following got. Okay, let's say Amy Klobuchar, Pete Buttigieg, Bernie Sanders' back teeth, Joe Biden's <laughs> back teeth. I think mm-hmm. Joe Biden's back teeth and Bernie Sanders' back teeth got way more screen time than Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg combined because mm-hmm. those two guys were yelling and yelling and yelling. Joe Biden now has two modes. He's basically got whisper mode, and Bernie mode, which mm-hmm. is just the beast mode. Just bad. Just like Bernie took a flamethrower to Mike Bloomberg's face at one point last night on socialism. And I will say this about Bernie. He's good at talking about why socialism, this whole communism thing is, is a cheap shot against him. I will give him... Uh-huh. 
that amount of credit. But I do believe... Well, he's had 84 years to work on his six, so... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, the thing, the, the thing that I think that Bernie has made the mistake is calling himself a democratic socialist instead of calling himself an FDR Democrat. Yeah, exactly. That's a great mm. point. That is a fantastic point because what the socialist word brings up is it brings up a lot of ignorance. It brings up right. a lot of people who think they know what it means and who really don't know what it means. And all that matters to Donald Trump and the Republicans is what people think it means. They don't right. care what it really means or whether exactly. we have socialism in this country for just the rich and capital capitalism for the poor that's a great argument but i don't think people necessarily register that argument um so no, I, no. in fact my brother-in-law just posted the thing if you want to all of you that want socialism do you want to eat zoo animals like they do in venezuela what the hell is that no, um, no you don't i mean and it's this whole thing it's like no a i don't believe that that is true and two mm. what the fuck are you talking about we don't want to <laughs> be venezuela is, we I don't want to be cuba we don't want to be russia we you know it's like no we don't want that well, hi the, libraries the, the, libraries uh, public schools Police departments, fire departments, roads, socialism. Yeah, exactly right. Well, that's what they don't understand. That's what people don't understand about the United States of America. We are mm-hmm. not a capitalistic economy. We have a mixed economy. Exactly. Read a fucking eighth grade textbook. We live in a mixed economy. There are elements of socialism here, and there are mm-hmm. elements of capitalism here, and they coexist. It's probably pretty much 50-50 between those two things interacting with each mm-hmm. other. And we all know where the examples of socialism are. We all know where the examples of capitalism are. To say the United States, like Donald Trump says, we are never going to be a socialist nation. Well, we're already half a socialist nation. Yeah. I, I hate to break so- it to you. Social security. Exactly. It's in the words. <laughs> right. Dude, 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 they're already eyeing at with that lean and hungry look. Don't point out that it's more <laughs> socialist than it is because they will execute that shit behind the barn yeah. like old yeller. Well, it's it's like the it's the it's the people to keep your government hands off of Medicare. Right. Like, seriously, people. Yeah. Think about it. Well, it's like Donald Trump tweeting and, and talking about it at his rallies that he's never going to touch anyone's Social Security or Medicare. Oh, he's shit. always going to protect it. Like, oh, so socialist Biff now. Oh, we're, mm-hmm. we're never going to be a socialist country except whatever Biff just tweeted. It just doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. He doesn't understand. Obviously, he doesn't understand any of this. He doesn't understand where he is most of the time. In fact, I contend that he is starting to lose track of time. Have you noticed this? The past 24 hours, on at least three occasions, he has marked time in a tweet or in a rally remark in which he completely loses where and when he is at that point in time. Like, he said something like, last night, oh, did you see my State of the Union address a week ago? Mm-hmm. State of the Union address was much long. what was it, two, at least two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a week ago. And, right. and he did that twice via tweet yesterday about a couple of other different things. So he's he doesn't even know what day it is or what the month it is. The hell dimension continuum is starting to catch up with him like, <laughs> like the rest of us now. That's right. Our, our own sense of time has been forever destroyed because he's been in office for, what, 900 years now? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, 
Need to uh, mm. see if we can generate 1.21 gigawatts to get us back to uh, <laughs> back to the proper 1985. The, the other thing I wanted to mention, too, is regarding uh, Amy Klobuchar. There was a bit of a back and forth between, especially Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg, who are both fighting yeah. for the same uh, bank of voters, I think. But yeah. they were making a big deal out of the fact that Amy Klobuchar couldn't remember the name of the president of Mexico. Mexico, yeah. Which is, as far as I'm concerned, it's a cheap shot. That is a yeah, bullshit attack. Because usually mm -hmm. something like that only means something if the candidate is, uh, in a broader sense, uh, generally regarded as dumb and uninformed. Right. Like, if you, like George W. Bush. Yeah, no one's going to argue that Amy Klobuchar d doesn't know what she, I mean, that has <laughs> yeah. dropped a book. I yeah. mean, like she knows, but she's clearly professional. She's clearly competent and she's clearly well-researched and well-read. Yeah. That was a cheap shot. You're right. Right, right. I, I don't look at her and think, you know, legacy hire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's a <laughs> right, big, it's, exactly. a, it's a big red herring and it's unfair. You have to look at these things in, in context of mm -hmm. the broader attitude and intelligence of the person we're talking about here. George W. Bush not knowing the name of the president of Pakistan, for example, when he was running in uh, 2000, well, that indicated a broader problem with George W. Bush. I, I, as you said, David, I, we don't see that with Amy Klobuchar. Of course no, not. Right. No indication whatsoever that she's right. empty-headed at yeah, all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. quite the opposite. I yeah. And that's one of the things about our whole, like, I want a president that I can have a beer with. I hope oh, God, God no. that George W. Bush dispelled us of that forever. Because I want a president who, if I'm around them, I want to be like, please don't let me say anything yeah. stupid. Right. Like, I don't want to embarrass myself in front of this brilliant person. It's so toxic. You know? I, I That attitude yeah. has poisoned politics yep. in this country. And it started with people like Karl Rove. It started with people like yep. Lee Atwater, this whole ridiculous mm -hmm. notion. And it was that thing. It was that specific idea that we should run candidates who people feel like they should they could have a beer with that candidate you know what uh bill clinton rode that wave a little bit too so yeah. let's not make it all about the republicans it's true that bill clinton had the folksiness thing going on but he then again, did but he's also super smart he was also super smart that's yeah, exactly right and he had burning charisma well, did you guys see yes. the uh, the Bloomberg video this morning? Bloomberg posted a selectively edited video. It's supposed to be a joke. It's supposed to be like a parody video uh, using clips of the debate last night where it was Bloomberg saying, does anyone here on the stage have uh, business experience? And then it shows the faces of the other candidates looking like they're searching for a word or unable to respond and there's crickets chirping in the background and everything God, like that. You know, this is the worst thing about campaigns. I know. It's the sophomoric garbage that the, yeah. the campaign staff turn out to chum the internet and make a cheap laugh or... Ugh, As I said, like, uh, on, on Tuesday's show, I go, it's silly season. Yeah. It's like watching your it's like watching your junior high school teachers break dance. You know, it's just <laughs> God, yeah. Oh my it's god. Like, yeah. It's just it's so embarrassing. Just can we just move on? I mean Right. <laughs> it's like watching yeah. uh, like car dealerships who do rap songs for their commercials. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly like that. But I mean look, I've owned three businesses in my life. Three businesses, one which mm -hmm. I currently still own. The fact of the matter is that doesn't make me qualified to be president, not by any stretch of the imagination. I think it makes me less qualified to be president, quite honestly, because as we all know, and yet another myth that you can put alongside of the I want to have a beer with that guy myth, 
is that business experience is applicable to government experience, and it is absolutely not. not. These are two very Where did that come from, design. anyway? Because it's like they want to the do the same Dave. thing with academia. <laughs> You know, yes. and it's like no, I agree with Jody. The movie Dave—that's exactly where it came from. Sitting there with that that pad and trying to mm-hmm. balance the budget on a legal mm-hmm. pad with uh, Charles Grodin. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. That's not how that works. No. <laughs> First a, off, businesses are supposed to make a profit. Even not yes. not for profit businesses, there's there's a different business model. Government is supposed to just take care of its people, and that's its mm-hmm. job. There is no profit motive, therefore deficit spending and all these other things. And let's look at what companies have done to our country, to yeah. the mm-hmm. Gulf of Mexico, to the Arctic. To mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they are rapacious, completely amoral organisms. So you like, couldn't be president because you know what the word rapacious means. Yes, exactly right. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if I can have a beer with you, David Ferguson. I know, I don't think so anymore. It, this is over. Our relationship is done. <laughs> no presidential campaign for you, T-Rex. Okay. Yeah, I kick ass at Scrabble, though. Uh, well, <laughs> at least there's that. So we need to start that meme now. The, the candidate mm. who you want to play Scrabble with. I think that there would actually go. be good because let's make America smart again. I mean, I think that's yeah. my post-Trump mantra. Like, if we get to this place where Trump is finally out of office, I think the effort has to be... I mean, we can start now. We can start now by trying to make America smart again. I think the main reason we're in this crisis right now, this national emergency of Donald Trump, is because we have glorified and pandered to the notion of being uninformed. And that has got to stop. We've got to stop saying, you know what, those people who don't know a fucking thing, well, they have a lot to say and their opinions are just as valid as yours and someone else's. Uh, No, no. There has to be some basis on (laughs) fact. I mean, you could be wrong and that's fine, but it should at least be based on some a common grounding in factual reality. What we're seeing now from the uh, Red Hats, the Trumpers, is a complete embrace of 100% fiction solely intended to troll the libs. I mean, that's... In, but it's not just with- them. I mean, if you really want to boil with rage, watch the Netflix four-part special Pandemic. Okay. And the anti-vaxxers on there are just... Mm-hmm. You just want to crack their heads open like coconuts. What? Because it just... They're just like, we have a right yeah. to determine what goes into our child's body. And it's like, uh, actually, you don't. Yeah. Okay? Your child is a little germ bomb, a little grenade that you're sending forth into society with measles or, you know, any of these other diseases that we had pretty much eliminated yeah. out of the system. And now they're coming back because these people, these crunchy, like, quote, unquote, liberal hippie people are just like, I just don't really trust the medical establishment with, I believe with it, what diet and our child, you know, and it's like, lady, yeah. measles doesn't give a damn what you eat. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, Very it's funny. True. I kind of had this conversation a little bit with John Fugelsang on his show last night. Um, and it was all about this caller who called in during our segment together. And this guy was talking about how if the nominee is not his favorite candidate, he's going to leave the presidential field on his ballot blank. And I said to this guy, I said, you know what? Because we have become, and I didn't say this to him, but we have become. (laughs) I felt that sigh, Judy. I felt it all the way (laughs) from the West Coast. (sighs) (laughs) There it is. 
is. Exactly. Yeah, so I I was thinking this, but I didn't say it to the caller, that we have become a selfish, self-indulgent society where we believe that our vote is entirely about us. And Mm -hmm. we are married to this candidate that we are supporting. And that is not the case. Your vote is a little bit about you. But mostly, especially now, it is about the greater good. This Mm -hmm. is about, democracy is about people deciding upon the greater good. And if you're using your vote because you have some sort of personal gripe and you got a chip on your shoulder and and I'm not going to vote because meh, then you're doing it wrong. You are being destructive to the society around you just because in a completely private setting, you believe that that push of the button on your electronic ballot or the check mark next to your paper ballot is your identity. And if you deny your identity, you are denying your own being. And that is mm-hmm. not the case. This is, again, we live in a plural society and we need to make decisions based on the broader good and the broader good right now demands that we get rid of Donald Trump. And I don't care if it's yeah. Mike Bloomberg, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, yeah. Joe Biden, Amy Klobuchar, Pete Buttigieg doesn't matter to me. It's got to, one of those people is going to be the nominee. And one of yeah. those people a year from right now has to have been inaugurated as president of the United States or else. I we, agree. We are summarily fucked. This is not time for games. In peacetime, where there's no major crisis, fine, play your games. But now, not now. Okay, on that note. (laughs) Ah, I feel so much better. On that note, I wanted to give you the latest news about liberal broadcaster Bill Press. Uh, In case you don't know, Bill no longer does his progressive morning show. But that doesn't mean he's gone away. No way. He's out now with a brand new podcast. It's called the Bill Press Pod, and it drops twice a week. Check out the Bill Press Pod for Bill's interviews with some of the country's leading progressives, all roasting Donald Trump, plus his lively end-of-the-week roundtable with three of Washington's top political reporters commenting on the latest craziness from the White House, Congress, and the 2020 Democratic primary. For years, Bill Press has been one of the leading progressive voices in the country, so I'm glad he's still out there on the left stronger than ever. I encourage you to join me by subscribing to Bill Press's new podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcasts, search for the Bill Press pod, click on subscribe, and you're in for a true progressive experience on the Bill Press pod. Okay, next up, picture your face in the mirror. You know the story. Do you see all those wrinkles around your eyes and crow's feet and large under eye bags? Now imagine you can get rid of them. In just about 10 minutes, no Botox, no plastic surgery, no weird injections. I'm talking, of course, about Plexiderm. It's a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in just a matter of minutes. It's the edge you've been looking for. And if you don't believe it, I didn't either until I took the test and I was amazed by the results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself at work or out with friends. And the best part is Plexiderm goes on totally clear so nobody's going to know that you're using it. Go to triplexiderm.com, use my code VOICES for 50% off a full-size bottle of Plexiderm, plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off, plus an extra $10 off. You can also get this offer by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning the code VOICES. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today. Use the code VOICES at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com, code VOICES. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show.
much about getting dirt in her hair. A little girl toys. She will get pushed around. She'll fall more than her brother. She will keep rising up, rising up. She stands on the backs of little girls before her. She's got it all figured out. Don't stop it down, stop it down, stop it down. Oh yeah. This is uh, Betsy Aid and well-known strangers with uh, "Stuff It Down" off of the Pathway album. I'm working my way through this entire album because it is a thing of beauty. Again, well-known strangers. Link in the description. Make sure to submit your music to bobsuska.com/music. I say your music because uh, please only submit your music. Don't submit someone else's music. Thank you. All right, we got another indie music countdown coming up in uh, just about ten days or so. So look out for that. Can't wait to do that one again. Okay, we're here at the Goth Ninjas today. Oh, by the way, make sure to uh, use our Amazon link at bobseska.com. It's the all-caps Amazon link just beneath the logo. If you go there and go shopping at Amazon through our link, uh, we get a teeny tiny uh, commission for that. So thank you for doing that. All right, next up, Roger Stone sentenced to 40 months in prison, I guess, maybe... (laughs) Cause I think, <laughs> I think he's getting pardoned. I think, I think Trump's gonna pardon him. Uh, let's do this first. The Trump's world, his minds are drawn. The lights are on, but they're not home. And his approval's way down low. Hurting, he's hurting, he's hurting. We all think he has lost his mind. Between his ears, his daylight. <laughs> Jeff Lynn and ELO are driving to my house right now to beat me up for this. But you know, <laughs> I'm going to blame Rocky Mountain Mike because that's one of my favorite song parodies from Rocky Mountain Mike, uh, uh, Roger Stone. Uh, shit. So you know, I'm kind of in despair at this point that any yeah. of this will ever be like we'll ever see justice done. And, and I mean, it's just like, uh, yeah, I know, I know, uh, I know what you're talking about yeah. because I, I feel neither elated nor sad about the Roger Stone sentencing right now. And I, because, right. I mean, some people are disappointed that he only got 40 months. Is it three years in prison? Uh, he has a little over three. Yeah, and uh, people are disappointed in that. Some people are excited. Well, he's going to prison. No, but no he's not going to prison. But some really good and people at the DOJ have been forced to walk the plank yeah. mm-hmm. because of this. And that's what bothers me is that yeah. our rule of law is being fundamentally sundered. Yeah. Uh, at the, I mean, at its base, at the fucking call in the Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're exactly <sighs> you're one thousand percent right. Now, Donald Trump yesterday, or maybe it's the day before, on uh, some tarmac somewhere, was talking about how he's now the chief law enforcement officer in mm-hmm. the United States. So basically, Donald Trump has declared himself to be the real Attorney General of the United States. So Donald Trump feels like he is 
judge and jury now. So whenever and he I'm sees... I'm the fucking Pope, all right? Yeah. Well, I mean, now whenever <laughs> He's he sees... a law enforcement officer. It's more like a law evasion officer. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that... <laughs> Basically, that is like the Joker declaring himself to be Commissioner Gordon. It is a horrible, mm-hmm. horrible situation because now whenever Donald Trump believes he, something has happened in a courtroom that is vicious, quote unquote vicious or quote unquote unfair to one of his pals, then he's going to release that pal. And it's going to mm-hmm. be across the board. So my prediction is that Roger Stone will be pardoned Sometime, and I'm being a little bit liberal with this timeline. I think it's going to be sooner than this, but it's sometime before St. Patrick's Day. So relatively soon, Roger Stone's sentence will be commuted. And notice how, and I think, Jody, you probably know more about this than I do, that Donald Trump is commuting sentences. He's not necessarily issuing pardons because a commutation uh, right, I believe a with a pardon, you have to admit that you did the crime. Did yes. Whereas as if you commute a sentence, then you're just, it's clemency or letting somebody out early or not having them serve their time at all. Right. Or they don't have to, like everybody that he pardoned this week, I think they had pled guilty, so done. And isn't there something about the Fifth Amendment where you can plead the Fifth if your sentence was commuted, but you can't plead the Fifth if you're I pardoned? believe so. And that's what that's what I've always been wondering. Like, if you pardon all these people, what's to prevent them from then testifying about such things if they've already been they've been pardoned for those particular crimes? Therefore, anything they testify about, they can't be prosecuted on again because they already have been pardoned for it. So I've never understood why that would stop something like it did with Iran Contra. And that's a that's my law and order degree only goes so far. (laughs) Well, I, I, all I, was, I know is I heard that there was a three-day party at the Grecian Formula for Men headquarters when they heard Blagojevich was getting out of jail. Blagojevich. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "We are profiting Blagojevich. in the black for the next foreseeable future." Yeah. You know, the common denominator with a lot of these uh, pardons slash commutations from Donald Trump is they all have fucked up weird hair, just like Donald Trump. Uh-huh. Donald Trump is attracted to people who have hair that's about as weird as his, maybe a little less weird. But, I mean, Rod Blagojevich has, like, oh, yeah. the Donald Trump haircut. He's got the weird low-angle swoop. Like, yeah, who the fuck wears their hair like that? Which adult walks around an adult man with his hair the swooping parted on the side bangs that run almost lower than the eyebrows who the fuck does that other than like donald trump and then roger stone roger stone looks just like and we always joke about i mean we joke about the batman villain thing but Roger Stone really does. I mean, he looks like someone mm-hmm. out of like that uh, uh, Warren Beatty, Dick Tracy movie. You know what I mean? I mean, he, he, could, he could totally mm-hmm. step onto one of those sets and he would totally fit in. They I think it's the, the sunglasses. It's the, sun, the round sunglasses and the oh, weird yeah, bowler, totally. the weird uh, bowler hat too. That yeah. that also does. Does it. he have a cane that he twirls <laughs> by any chance? That's right. He did on inauguration day. He had the full Baba Duke. Yeah, wow. ensemble like the, the long Bobbit. tails. <laughs> <laughs> I get that reference. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he totally did. He t- Roger Stone is one thousand percent a dandy, and that's his mm. thing. That's he's well known in the DC so- socialite circles as being a dandy. And I assure you. But his taste is so bad. It's just weird. It's so bad. It's like you know what? It's, it's like Frank Luntz. Frank Luntz, you know, that guy has the weird hair 
and he's got a replica Oval Office in his house. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, these these guys, I mean, I, sometimes I think I'm too into politics to be healthy. But then I look at someone like Frank Luntz or Roger Stone and I go, no, I'm just like an amateur when it comes to being into politics. These guys are like super duper fanboys. They're like the cosplayers. And you only really see that level of devotion to that degree on the conservative side. But as far as Roger Stone goes, I think by summertime, we're going to be seeing like, you know, the shirtless, coked up, cigar smoking riddles being posted on Instagram again. I think he's going to be a free man by summer. And uh, Donald Trump is going to bask in that, if for no other reason but to troll the libs, to make us all... Mm -hmm. To make us all go crazy and our heads explode and all that shit, which is I'm why I'm kind of there. I'm kind of yeah. there. They've won. I'm there. I'm like Mer Uncle. Okay, I confess. Whatever it takes, make it stop. Because it's mm -hmm. just like every yeah. single day. It, yeah, I mean, I, I'm it, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry to be Debbie Downer about this, but it's it's one of those things where we are now. We're at the end of the rope, and there's nothing between us and the abyss. And it's just, it's, that's a really dark thing and to say, isn't bloating, it? Mm -hmm. uh, like a fat, bloated toad. He's yeah. all just puffed up well, with his impeachment victory. And it just, uh, Yep, and, yeah. and there's nothing else to hold him accountable until the election. Nothing. 25th Amendment, you say the 25th Amendment, you know what, that was a forlorn hope from the start. That was a non-start, because there's no way these Trump people were going to ever have Donald Trump removed from office. I mean, they may have casually talked about it, but there was no real way that was going to happen. Certainly, he's not going to be impeached again, because not only have right. we never it's seen that before, a second impeachment, right. but it's also an election year. There's just no political right. will for it. And the Republicans, because they're all a bunch of flaccid cowards who are just hiding in Donald Trump's shadow, terrified to do anything that might, uh, you know, bring down the wrath of his tweeting. You know, these are sad, cowardly people on the Hill. Who I bet just you could make it. a lot of money right now putting people to sleep for eight years. You know, like a <laughs> suspended right. animation firm. Just like people would be like, okay, I'll wake up in four years and I'll be 40 pounds thinner. Yeah. And like, you know, it'll be a whole, something will have changed. Eight years, um, hell. Just get me to November 3rd. <laughs> just, yeah. I'd be happy to go into stasis until November 3rd. No yeah, just get through all of this stuff and get, see what happens at that point. Um, so we've got one count of obstruction of an official proceeding, five counts of false statements, which includes lying to Congress, and one count of witness tampering in uh, Robert Mueller's investigation into the Russian interference in the 2016 election. Yeah, and as I was saying before, it feels like we're just dangling in the void right now, and there's really a, not a whole lot that can be done. So, And Donald Trump knows this. No one knows this more than Donald Trump. He is the one who understands more than anyone that he has got absolute power to do whatever he wants. And uh, by the way, I just wanted to mention this just as a point of order. Donald Trump does not have the power to cancel an election. Even if he declared martial law? Uh, well, that is one thing he could do, but I think he would run into some states' rights issues with that. He I would, would hope I think, so. I think that there would be uh, a serious pushback on that from the states because this is the states really pride themselves in being able to individually 
run their election systems. And I know there are some red states who would welcome Donald Trump martial law. You know, they would welcome uh-huh. National Guard being uh, mobilized and sent into precincts from coast to coast. They would certainly welcome that because it helps their guy. But in right. states, oh my God, can you imagine California? Can you imagine that happening in uh, Massachusetts or New York or... Or even Florida and Texas, which are swinging now, and, and Ohio and, and Pennsylvania, which yeah. can go either... These are like, there might be governors that are, you know, like the guy, but their people may not, you know, and that could get very... Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I try not to underestimate the insanity, the the lengths to which Donald Trump will go to protect himself. However, I don't know if martial law is one of those things, but I will say this. There is no button that Donald Trump can push that will stop the election unless that button is like the nuclear button and suddenly there's a nuclear war and everything is destroyed. So I guess there's that. But well, I mean, there's that. I mean mm, we didn't pandemic. even cancel elections during the Civil War. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's just it. That's the precedent. And so, but at the same time, see here, I'm arguing with myself now. Uh, (laughs) Donald Trump doesn't care about precedent. That's the true danger in Donald Trump. And that's why we need to take a lot of this precedent, a lot of these unwritten rules that previous presidents have all lived by, and turn those into either laws or constitutional amendments, something that you can't get around as president of the United States. There is no more you know, soupy interpretation of executive power. That just cannot survive after we're all done with this. The fact that we have endured this level of brinksmanship right up to the edge of losing our republic, losing democracy to the whimsy of a tyrant, the fact that this has happened has got to have a positive outcome at the other side. Right. We have mm-hmm. to have that series oh, of... Oh, does it? <laughs> well, I'm saying oh, best case... Oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying best case scenario. We have to do that the post-Watergate series of reforms that occurred and, mm, yeah. and make and it so. stick. And this is where, you know, we talk about Bernie Sanders. There's this issue with his medical records and... He's really only released letters about his uh-huh. medical records. He hasn't released his medical records. And I feel like this is one of those presidential reforms. This is Bernie Sanders with one toe in the arena of Trumpism. Great. Again, RIP my mentions and comments right now because of <laughs> this portion of what well, I'm I saying. Well, I mean, but- if we're going to hold Trump to one standard where he releases letters and it's, yeah. a, it's not okay. If, if it's not okay wrote, for Trump. Right, but if like, it's not okay... For, for Trump to do it, it's not okay for Bernie Sanders. And then the people that are supporting this release of, quote, letters, unquote, they're saying, well, it's the congressional doctor, and it's this doctor, that doctor. It's like, no. Yeah. Other candidates are releasing their actual medical records, you know, keeping as much as they can private, but mm-hmm. still, like, social security numbers and things like that. But if he's not willing to do it, I have a problem with that. And and he did have a heart attack. I don't want him to have another heart attack. Who is he going to pick as his VP? Because that's a huge thing. This man just had a heart attack. He's not that young anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, the stents are helping him. I'm sure he's feeling way better than he did beforehand. But still, this is a stressful time. Just campaigning is stressful, let alone being the president. That's right. That's right. And that's what you have to calculate into the mix as you're looking Mm -hmm. at your favorite older candidate is... How's this going to go three years from now? How's this going to go, you know, when uh, President X or President Y has to campaign in the midterms halfway through uh, his or her first term? 
And that, and you have to look ahead like that. And I, I don't want to be ageist or anything like that. But I, I will say about Bernie Sanders with his medical records, irrespective of his heart attack, the fact is that mm-hmm. this is something that should be happening with every single candidate for president. And I feel like this needs to be one of those reforms. I think there needs to be a constitutional amendment requiring every presidential candidate to release his or her tax returns before they can you. ever appear on a single ballot. Yes. And the same goes for medical records. We need complete transparency. In fact, last night, credit where credit is due, Joe Biden did a whole run on transparency, and I thought that was his best moment of the entire debate. And with Bernie Sanders, I get the sense that if we want to proceed forward with a series of reforms of the presidency, we could have a president who is opposed to some of those reforms because he himself has violated that standard. And so uh, how are we ever going to get Bernie Sanders to support uh, presidential reform that says you have to release your medical records when he did not? And there's, I know Bernie Sanders supporters are coming into my timeline going, oh, but he has. I, well, no, he hasn't. They're just no. letters. They're just, they're mm-hmm. not the records. It's like, no. crazy, as you were saying, Jody, it's like the, the crazy Dr. Bornstein letters. Right. Well, they were letters. And, and yes, these doctors, these doctors are more credible, obviously, than, than Trump's doctor was. Yeah. But by the same token, it's not the so same So is the leader thing. of the Heaven's Gate cult. Exactly. I mean, it's, you know, like, like I think it was Bradley Whitford tweeted out, he has to go through a harsher medical exam to just get on a movie set. And, and that mm. needs to happen with every presidential candidate. I mean, I don't know why we allow our presidential candidates and our presidents to have more leeway than we give our third grade teachers uh-huh. or our police officers in our neighborhood or the mm-hmm. pilots of our aircraft. You know, mm-hmm. these are people who have the nuclear codes. They have the power to tear it all down if they choose to do it. Certainly Donald Trump has that power. And it continues to confound me how 62 million people voted for Donald Trump knowing full well that they would never allow a man like Donald Trump to teach their children in grade school. They certainly wouldn't allow a man like Donald Trump to fly their fucking airplane, airline license or not. I mean, the actual know-how of being able to press buttons and run control is completely irrelevant. This guy should not be, someone with that temperament shouldn't be anywhere near important shit. I mean, Donald Trump, the way he behaves fine for the celebrity apprentice fine for selling Trump steaks in sharper image stores for some reason, (laughs) but keep them away from life and death. That's the, the rule. And I don't get this disconnect. I think it's just come down to, and this is kind of the blanket remark for this entire segment. It's all about the demystification of the American presidency. This has been going on for the last 40 years as a slow decline in our collective respect for the American presidency, and it all culminates with this bloated sack of protoplasm in the White House. All right, we're going to take one last Mm -hmm. break, come back and uh, wrap up the show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. 
We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. on the shore No more rows of unlocked doors and it's so hard to comprehend Ten more years No more whistling on the stove No more sacred walks alone as the fog comes rolling in Oh, and I still don't understand We should have more than ten more years. Every song in this album, this EP, uh, gives me chills. This is uh, Alex Wong and Jesse Terry, Ten More Years from their Kivalina EP. They remind me of Simon and Garfunkel. Yes. Perfect blending of of vocals. Alex Wong is an accomplished uh, recording artist in his own right. So is uh, Jesse Terry, of course. We play a lot of both on the show. And this is them joining up, joining forces in support of this uh, small town. I believe it's uh, off the coast of Alaska where because of the climate crisis the uh, mm. sea levels are rising up and, and basically mm-hmm. obliterating the entire little village taking away their uh, their way of life and their their ability to sustain themselves entirely it's a group of people there who uh, sustain themselves by fishing and hunting on ice flows and those ice flows are disappearing so they can't do it uh, link in the description if you want to support this album and I urge you to do so Okay, uh, before we wrap up here, apparently Alex Jones is still relevant somehow because I'm seeing him popping up in my timeline. Uh, (laughs) He said said as the sentencing was happening, he advised his listeners to fill your hand. I don't know if you know what that means, but it is a gun reference. Fill fill your hand. Go out there and fill your hand. Get get yourself, pick up a gun, put it in your hand. Fill your hand. But he said, oh, he qualified it by saying politically. Of course, everyone will see that. This whole boogaloo thing that people keep talking about. It's supposed to be the big white uprising, but I'm not sure where they're uprising or what they're uprising against necessarily. Are they calling it a boogaloo thing? Or is that just your Oh, look up the word boogaloo. That's no, that's like the their their word. I would never use that word except to make like a mediocre breakdancing joke. Like it's just <laughs> the electric boogaloo. Exactly. But apparently that's the site that's the Pepe the Frog like code word for the apocalypse now. Is it really? Like, Go- like Google it. Oh my god, I had no idea. I was completely unaware of that. So at some point Alex Jones is screaming out boogaloo. Ah, they're new to boogaloo. But fill your hand. Yep. And put, fill your hand politically and do the boogaloo. Good. So we have that to worry about too. Um, that's nice. <laughs> Thank you. Nice. Thank you for mentioning Thank that. You. It makes me feel Thank so much better. Uh, yeah, I'm never leaving my house again. I'm just gonna, you know, just keep building what, like brick over the windows and like get a turret. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's what we all need. I think that's 
That's that's when we really go full Thunderdome. Is when we all have turrets at our house. <laughs> that's the, hey, that's, there's nothing wrong with a good turret. Oh, that's right. I forgot about true. you and Lonnie have that turret on the roof of your place. <laughs> I wish we did. There's actually there's a house down the street that has a turret, and it's a really nice house. <laughs> Does it really have a turret? Are you serious? Uh huh. Oh my yeah, there's god. A house down the, his name I know, is George. I know exactly where that is. Actually, right there in the hills. Yep. And his name uh, is no, his name is George. My neighbor's name is George, and he and his <laughs> wife have a turret. Okay, all right, great. Do, do they have like, like you do? <laughs> <laughs> like you do? Absolutely. Hey, you know what? Let's do this. So Donald Trump, uh, as if things weren't shitty enough, Donald Trump has uh, apparently offered a pardon to Julian Assange in, ex- in exchange for Julian Assange saying that it wasn't Russia that hacked the DNC, that the hacking came from someone else, Ukraine, fat kid in his basement, whatever Donald Trump has in his imagination to help cover up his crimes. But uh, yet another uh, uh, totally impeachable crime that we can't do a fucking thing about, can we, Joe? Question. Yeah. Didn't Julian Assange already do that? Yes, he did. Okay, what? so uh, no. he's already done his part. He already said Russia had nothing to do. He's been screaming that Russia had nothing to do with this. Yeah. That he had nothing to do with Russia, that he wasn't in conjunction with them. Roger Stone was convicted of such a mm-hmm. thing. But, you know, he was. He kept screaming, no, Russia, it's not Russia, it's not Russia, it's not Russia. And he's done his part, and I actually see him accepting that pardon at some point in the future since he's looking at 175 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Trump will totally pardon Julian Assange. The Absolutely. fact that Julian Assange is... F- Far left, I guess. I don't know. Uh, doesn't make he any difference. He hated Hillary. He hated Hillary Clinton, and that's all it really matters. Right, and Blagojevich. I mean, Blagojevich is pretty, or at least was, l- pretended to be liberal to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got pardoned too, so that didn't make any mm-hmm. difference. Uh, but in this case, more bad hair. You know, Assange. Yeah, that's right. Sense. That's right. More, another mm-hmm. weird hair guy. Uh huh. Fuck, that is it. That's the uh, common denominator between Trump and all of his henchmen. They all have the fucked up hair. Uh, Well, in this case, Dana Rohrabacher was the errand boy. Dana Rohrabacher now enters into the group of fixers and henchmen that surround Donald Trump. All these weirdos who now do errands for Donald Trump for some reason. He was in jail? Why did they think? Warbacher? No, he just yeah. he, he ended up leaving uh leaving Congress. He got voted okay. out in 2018. Right. But right. before that, remember what Kevin McCarthy said. Kevin McCarthy said jokingly, mm-hmm. quote unquote, that he, that Putin pays two people, Trump and Warbacher. And so mm-hmm. Warbacher is really super pro Russia. And so mm-hmm. this kind of makes a lot of sense. And we have photography of Dana Rohrabacher outside the Ecuadorian embassy in London where Julian mm-hmm. Assange was holed up, where he was uh, enjoying asylum there. <laughs> Dana Rohrabacher standing there with hack fraud Chuck C. Johnson. That was an interesting pairing between those two. I'm surprised Chuck C. Johnson right. hasn't entered into the proceedings more, uh, more often these days. Uh, thank God that he hasn't. But suffice to say, I this better is- knock some wood, Bob Seska. For God's sake! Next thing you know, he'll be you know on the ticket <laughs> and replacing Mike Pence as, as the running mate. You shit, know, like- no, shit! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Maybe I'll just uh, bleep that part out. Uh, <laughs> but we already, you know what? We already knew about this story. Wall Street Journal reported this story like I yeah. don't know a year and a half ago, something like mm-hmm. that. And so, but the new news is that uh, Assange's attorney 
mm-hmm. Edward Fitzgerald has presented this inf- information in a British court in uh, Julian Assange's trial out there. And mm-hmm. usually, and again, this is uh, this is definitely your territory, Jody. Well, <laughs> usually, <laughs> if you present information like that in a court of law, you yeah. probably have evidence to prove an assertion like that, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I assume English courts are similar to ours. You cannot lie to the court. You're an officer of the court. If right. you suborn perjury or lie to the court, that's problematic and, yep. and, and is finable and jailable and all those things. So I believe I just saw something. It was Axios or Vox may have Dana Rohrbacher going, yeah, I did that. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Phone interview with uh, Yahoo News. Rohrbacher said his go. goal during the meeting was to find proof for a widely debunked conspiracy theory that WikiLeaks' real source for the DNC emails was not Russian intelligence assets, mm-hmm. uh, as U.S. officials have since concluded, but former DNC staffer Seth Rich, who was mm-hmm. murdered on the streets of Washington in July 2016. Oh, it is my the God. Seth Rich conspiracy theory that these fuckwits are playing around with right now. That's the centerpiece of all of this, and maybe like the little embryo of the Ukraine uh, scandal too, but mostly this is about Seth Rich. But again, we have confirmation. That man's poor family. You know, I mean, haven't they been through enough? Right, right. I well, mean, it's like the the Sandy Hook people. It's just the people, the deniers that chase them all, the families uh-huh. all over the country and make their lives miserable. It's just like, mm-hmm. uh, where is the, you know, we I, we need a term for the exit ramp that people take from being humans when they do this stuff, the red hats, you know, they're like, mm-hmm. when we're like, you know, you're yelling at a Greta Turnberg, she may be someone you disagree with, but she's a 16-year-old girl. Yeah. And they're like, but she's a liberal puppet. You know, the name for that we need is, I'm going to call it the off-ramp. Because it's like they just take leave of their humanity. Mm. It's the same thing with, you know, children in cages. We're like babies in cages. And they're like, they're here illegally. You know, and it's just like, it doesn't matter why right. or how they're here. They are babies. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. need to not be in cages. Right. It just, uh, I just, I don't understand where the... It's the othering that just freaks me out so bad, and it makes yeah. me frightened for our country that they can just completely just shut down their humanity with regards to feeling any empathy whatsoever mm-hmm. for people who are completely blameless. Well, it's because none of the actual people side of of politics even matters anymore because it's all about right. teamism and and winning, and that's it. And that goes back to what I was saying about Julian Assange here. All of these people could come out. Donald Trump could step out tomorrow and say, "Yeah, I did." that yeah i totally floated a pardon to julian assange through dana rohrbacher and so what uh julian assange can come out and say it all every single republican on the hill can come out and say it and it's not going to fucking matter they will not prosecute donald trump they will not impeach donald trump they will barely even condemn him if that i mean we get lucky if susan collins steps out and goes i'm concerned Mm -hmm. right She's never concerned enough to do the right thing, but she's concerned. Right. And so, again, my ongoing concern with all of this is that what happens is the next president feels as if, well, I'm going to get back at the Republicans if the next president is, in fact, a Democrat. I'm going to get back at the Republicans by doing the same thing. And then we all go, yeah, get back at him by doing the Mm -hmm. same thing. Deny the crimes. No, 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 no. Watch. I really... Oh God! I hope not. But I, I mean, that, that's—I'm uh, afraid that that's what—that's kind of what's going to. I mean, I could be 
happily proven wrong. And I would be so, so relieved to say, yes, I was wrong. This has been bottled up and it's never going to happen again on either side and we're done. And I hope that's the case. I really do. Uh, But I get the sense that uh, once this shit gets opened up, what we have seen in the past is once you start tearing down the norms, once you start tearing Mm -hmm. down the traditions and the unwritten rules surrounding the presidency, then all bets are off. And then we all start going, yeah, yeah, because Bush did it. It's okay if our guys do it. If Trump did it, it's okay if our guys do it. Mm-hmm. And that becomes the back and forth. That becomes the parameter of the shovel fight. And uh, that's why things start to devolve out of control. That's why it's so important for the Democrats to continue to be the adults in the room. And that's, uh, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm and that's done. all I have to say about that. that is I, I'm tired now. I think I'm going to go home. I'm tired now. <laughs> that's right. You know what else? Life is a fucking box of chocolates, and you never know what you're going to fucking get. God damn it. Right. Oh, man. Lots more to talk We're about. We're all going to hell. You know? <laughs> it's just... Actually, we are all dead, and this is hell. But, you know... Right. It's only gradually being revealed to us. Well, lots more to talk about. I'm going to talk about how the left... <laughs> As if that's not depressing enough, I'm going to talk about, uh, at least anecdotally, how the left is spreading pro-Trump propaganda. I wrote about mm-hmm. this uh, today for The Banter at thebanter.substack.com. It is a free read today. Uh, I have also cross-posted it over on our Patreon page for uh, people who have subscribed for $10 a month or more, and you can hear an audio version on Buzzburg Bank News and Comment today. Meanwhile, Jody Hamilton can be heard at from-the-bunker.com. It is the From the Bunker podcast, also heard on sexyliberal.com. David Ferguson's podcast is the T-Rex Report at patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report. And, uh, oh, and I was going to say, too, the post-mortem show happens right when this music stops playing. Those of you who are just joining us for the very first time, welcome. Where the hell have you been all this time? Uh, what happens is, right after this music gets done playing, we keep on doing more show. We keep on talking and talking and talking, probably 15 minutes, somewhere around there. And then I take that chunk of audio, I post it on our Patreon page, and you can hear it there if you subscribe for $5 a month. That is... About a little more than a dollar a week. I think we can all afford uh, afford a dollar a week, don't you think? I think we can. Uh, if you want to just subscribe just to support the show, $1 a month will be just fine on our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com, or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. Thank you for doing that, and we'll see you on the Postmortem Show, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. Picture your face in the mirror. Are you sick of seeing wrinkles, fine lines, and crow's feet, and large under-eye bags, and all that awful crap on your face? Are you tired of seeing that? Well, just for a second, imagine that it has disappeared. All of it, it's disappeared. This is what it is. It's called Plexiderm. You know what Plexiderm is. It's a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in just a matter of minutes without plastic surgery, without weird injections or fillers or anything like that. If you don't believe it, trust me, I took the test. I watched it happen. It was amazing. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself at work or out with friends. Best part is Plexiderm goes on clear, so nobody's going to know that you're using it unless you tell them 
them and honesty is always the best policy, right? Go to triplexiderm.com, use my code <laughs> VOICES for 50% off a full-size bottle of Plexiderm plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning the code VOICES. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today and use the code VOICES at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com, code VOICES. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.